Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Military families are not like your traditional family. They are strong, brave, resilient, and some of the most incredible people I know. My name is Gracie, a U.S. Army brat, and I am your host. I am honored to be able to give military family members like myself a place for them to share their stories and experiences in the military life. Stay tuned for this week's guest. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of Grace of a Military Child and Life. Today, I'm here with Alyssa, who is an Army brat. So, Alyssa, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hi, thank you so much. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, what is it like for you growing up in the Army lifestyle? Um, You know, I would say for me, it's super normal. People always ask me, like, oh, how must have been so challenging moving all the time? You know, it's as normal to me as living in one place is for the average civilian. So it's just my life. It's totally normal to me. <laughs> yeah, because you you don't know anything different. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Civilians don't know anything different besides living, you know, for the most part in the same home that they grew up in and not moving and having the same friends where military kids move at least once or twice and make new friends and go to new places and their friends are constantly moving. So we don't know anything different besides that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of experiences have you had that have shaped your lifestyle? Well, my dad has been in the army my whole life. So I've grown up moving about every two years. Um, I currently live in Germany, and I would say that's pretty life sculpting. It's thing, super cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think being exposed to so many different cultures from such a little age is so important to how I've developed. I think it gives me a greater understanding to observe and listen and learn rather than just growing up and for the most part, the same environment. Right. Yeah. I love the military lifestyle. And I mean, for people like you who have gotten the opportunity to live overseas, it's really cool to be exposed to a completely different culture than American culture. But then otherwise, even moving around the country from north to south to east to west to, you know, back to another area, if you get that opportunity, you know, you get exposed to so many different cultures within just you know the the u.s borders absolutely yeah yeah what's been your favorite you know i mean probably obviously germany but what's been your favorite you know aspect of moving and trying and going to all new places well germany right now is probably my favorite place i've lived but (laughs) (laughs) That's just right now. I think it changes everywhere I go. Everyone yeah. is probably my favorite. Um, I love traveling and like seeing new places and trying new foods. Like the food in Europe is top notch. And I know that sounds so <laughs> silly, but it's so good. I yeah, I believe it. I've been to Scotland and so having the food there is incredible. So I can only imagine yes. going further what it's like. I was just in Scotland for a month, actually. That's so crazy. Really? Oh my gosh. We were in Edinburgh and it was, I love it. Really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
I well, loved I was it. In grief, but I was okay. I spent a little bit of time in Edinburgh as well. It's so fun there, and I mean, anywhere overseas, you can just kind of take a walk and find a castle. Like you can't do that in America. Exactly. <laughs> it's crazy, just the amount of architecture that's so vastly different. It's amazing. Yeah, I remember. I mean, I was. 14 when I went and so we would just walk up and down the streets and my dad would point to buildings and be like that roof is probably older than our country like the U.S. in general because uh, <laughs> they don't you know when roofs go bad here we strip it all off and replace the whole thing we're over there for the most part they just if they have a little leak or something they patch it and you know increase the longevity of it rather than just strip it and replace it. Life just seems so much more simpler over there. They're very efficient and I would say they take very good care of what they've been given. Yeah. No, I think that's a great point because, you know, we take a lot for granted over here and, you know, we say, oh, we can replace it. We can get new or we can, you know, make, make something else. Like where over there, it's like, no, we we take this and like this little thing means so much and so we don't want to to ruin that and I think that lifestyle is just so special and so important to to preserve yeah oh yeah 100% it's amazing yeah and it's gorgeous over there you know mountains and it's so beautiful (laughs) I love it I love it the U.S. does not compare <laughs> to anything overseas. I know. I mean, the U.S. has, it's so vast. Like after living literally like every different region in America, yeah. except for one, and I'm going to college there, basically all of them. Like, <laughs> it's insane, the difference in America, but it's totally different in Europe. Yeah. Like you were saying, like there's just there's just a random castle, and that's totally normal. Like we don't we don't have that in America. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, wild. it's funny. Like talking to other military kids, especially those who have graduated overseas, and saying, you know, we took our senior pictures at a castle, and we, you know, <laughs> we did all of these <laughs> things. Where you say that over here, and people are like, you did what? Like h- how? Yeah. <laughs> I am guilty that I did take my senior pictures at a castle. Well, if you're over there, like, I don't know what else you would do. Exactly. You have to, you know, take those opportunities that you have and really, really use them. And I would have done the same thing if I was living (laughs) in Europe or uh, the United Kingdom when I graduated high school. Like, I totally would have done the same thing. Gotta work with what you got. And if you have a castle, I mean, oh, well. (laughs) Oh, well, you know, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, it's so fun, though, you know, just traveling the world. And Europe is such a fun place because you can literally just hop on a train and go anywhere. And flights are cheap between different countries. And it's pretty crazy. So I live in Germany, but yesterday I was in Belgium and today I was in the Netherlands and now I'm back in Germany. Yeah. All in like 48 hours. Exactly. It's, I never thought that this would be what my life comes to at this point, but I'm so grateful that through the military, I've had these opportunities presented to me. Yeah, absolutely. Because 
I mean, you don't get that normally. And if you wanted to have that lifestyle, then it would cost fortunes to move over there and to be able to do all of those experiences where, you know, with the military life, you just get handed these opportunities and you don't really have the option to say no to them. So. <laughs> exactly. You're voluntold. You get to go to Europe. <laughs> exactly. Which I don't know many people who would fight that, but at the same point, you know, you are voluntold. You don't have another yeah. option. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, we moved here last summer. So I was going into my senior year and I was like, you're kidding me. Like, yeah, this is supposed to, to be move. my year. I'm supposed to have a normal senior year, all the things. Right. I'm moving to Germany. What on earth? Like it was, it was wild to me. Yeah. And I, you know, I hear so many people who move in their senior year and it's like the worst thing ever. But I mean, it's like we said with the senior pictures at Castle, like you got to make do with what you have. And, exactly. You know, <laughs> I'm sure you've made so many friends over there too and probably lifelong friends that are just incredible people that you would have never met otherwise. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's all about your mindset. I mean, you can make living here like the worst thing ever. Um, you can point out all the negatives or you can be like, I literally live in Europe. Like, this is wild. I'm going to live my life, live it up you know, enjoy what I have for this season. It's totally a mindset thing. Yeah, that's really anywhere because you could get put in, you know, the worst duty stations. Like I know everybody hates uh, Fort Bliss in El Paso and, you know, <laughs> you could Hood. Get Fort Hood, you could <laughs> get stuck in the desert, you could get stuck yeah. in, you know, I know Alaska is gorgeous and it's a dream duty station, for so many people, but I've heard a lot that it gets tiring after a while. Um, yeah, especially when the sun doesn't come back up for yeah. for days on end and the exactly. snow. Uh, I so would say for yeah, go for it. For me, Alaska would be a dream duty station, but for like my mother or my brother, like that would just be horrible for them. Yeah. And it's like, the military doesn't give you a personality test and give you a duty station. They just say, you're going to go here, whether you like it or not. Yeah. And so, and it's different when you bring a whole family into it. When it's just a service member, like it's one thing, but then you bring the whole family into it and it's like, okay, well, you know, some of us are going to love it. Some of us are going to hate it. And, mm -hmm. you know, I would love to live in Alaska. That would be so fun. But, you know, then you have days of snow you have this darkness and i mean yeah you get the northern lights and stuff but it's that it's that mindset thing of you know am i gonna love it am i gonna hate it you know what are the goods what are the the negatives that can come out of it so it's really a mindset thing throughout the whole the whole experience absolutely yeah yeah what you know, you work with Bloom. And so what has that experience been like for you? Yes. So I've been working with Bloom for a little less than two years. I think my math might be wrong. <laughs> I love it. I really love the community that it offers. The amount of people PCSing over to Europe that are, you know, so worried, so scared because it's such a culture shock. 
and you know being able to tell them what other people in bloom are able to tell me when I moved here like it's gonna be okay you're gonna do great and being able to meet different bloomers literally all around the world it's insane and it's such an amazing community where you feel so seen and understood after for a lot of us a lifetime of not getting that it's wonderful yeah I love you know I've had Elena on the podcast before and I've you know spoken with her many different times but it's so incredible to hear just how it started between her and Matthew and you know even across the the country or across the world they've made this this whole organization what it is and it's really you know it's bloomed into something that they never thought it would have and so many different military teams are just so involved and so so passionate about helping grow the military teen community 100 percent, and it's just so amazing like it truly is like the military circle i was able to meet up with Catherine, one of our other founders um in a town an hour from me with another friend of ours but somehow who works with national military family association and we all knew each other from the military but we all had so much more in common just being able to like get up and like chat for brunch or whatnot. It's so beautiful, like how it brings everybody together and you just feel so loved. Yeah, absolutely. And when you just talking with other military kids, whether they be, you know, five or, you know, so much older than we are, it's so great to have that bond between everyone and that connection just having that shared experience of being a military kid. Absolutely. Being able to like swap duty station. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I lived there and no way we lived there at the same time. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And you know, you have those things where you can share those experiences and you just go, wait, you lived here? Like I lived here, but maybe it's a year apart or um, you know, a week apart even, <laughs> and mm-hmm. you just are able to talk about things that, you know, you can relate to on such a deeper level. And even though, you know, we go through some really hard times, everyone tends to understand. And even if they haven't lived through that specific life experience, they still have some common understanding. Yeah, it is really amazing how much security can be found in strangers just because of that bond that is military right and you just connect with people you know in a way that you could never really connect with a civilian and you know I hate to say it that way because you know no no hate towards civilians (laughs) but you know that military community that military family that you have from that lifestyle is something that you have to live to understand. And it's just so special. It is. And I think it's different for military children and people who have grown up in this lifestyle. And you know, plenty of civilians move to, but specifically pertaining to military kids, you're able to form bonds deeper so much faster. Yeah. I think for a lot of civilians, it's easy to go into a situation 
you know, find your people and not branch out as much anymore. But then whereas when you've moved around so much, and I like to call it new girl syndrome. When I'm always <laughs> the new girl. You yeah. Know, I think it's so much easier to just put yourself out there and make those friends. And obviously that's, that's different. Like there are absolutely more introverted military kids, but I've found kind of across the board how I make relationships with civvies versus military brats. Like it's for the most part, very different, all amazing, but very different. Yes. Very different. And you know, it's that connection. Like I love going to, to functions and gatherings and little trips or whatever with military kids that I'm able to literally maybe know one or two of them or none of them at all even. And we can just sit and talk for hours and hours. And literally, you know, if I go on a trip, we can stay up to like midnight, two in the morning, later, just talking about our different experiences and what it's been like for us, where, you know, it's hard to do that with people who haven't lived the lifestyle and who haven't understood what you go through as military kids because they just haven't lived it. Totally, totally. I was just at a function that for a few weeks and it kind of forced me to understand how I need to be doing better as I go into situations like college or different areas like that where I'm not surrounded by military kids like I have yeah. been my whole life and you know how their mind works because it's to them how it always has been and the level of understanding that I need to bring into that situation that a lot of people aren't going to understand you know, how it is for a military kid coming into a situation where everybody is different from them. You know, everybody has a different experience than a military child might. And being able to find what you can bring to the table and how to make those connections has been a little bit of a learning curve, but I think it's been really important to growth as I go into this next stage, which is university. Right. And it's hard, you know, going into that stage of life where so many people who have literally went to kindergarten together are still now going to college together. And so it's like finding your way into already formed friendship groups is challenging. And I hear that a lot when, you know, military kids transition out uh, and they're still in high school or middle school. And it's hard to to kind of break into these these groups that are already formed and these friendships and and be that new girl or and even in university it's hard. And you know, I went to college during the COVID times, so it was definitely much different anyways. But there were already, you know, friendship groups formed. And if you weren't part of it, then you weren't part of it. And then so many people are like so closed off because they don't know how to interact with people where we're military kids are kind of more able to interact with people because we're mm-hmm. so used to having to do it so often when meeting new people yeah. and moving and doing all of those things. Yeah, it's just second nature. Even if you're a more naturally introverted person, 
I think I have my military developed extrovertedness. <laughs> if if you're not somebody who understands how much I like my quiet space, you are gonna think I am the most bubbly, outgoing person ever. That's because that's what I know. That's what that's what you do. You go somewhere else and you're gonna wanna make all the friends, meet all the people. And as for me, I kind of put that extroverted mask on that the military has so greatly shaped. And yeah. just do what you're supposed to do to cope with yeah. everything happening. Yeah. And you know, you never know who you're going to connect with. You never know who's going to be lifelong friends, who's going to be there for the long haul and, uh, you know, what kind of friendships you're going to make and what, who, what people they know and doing all of that, you can help to further advance your life, advance your career, advance your goals and your dreams. And it's just such a special like community that we have. and. Like, I wish more people understood that and what the lifestyle we live, because it's just, it's incredible. And I wouldn't trade trade it for the world. 100%. It's very unique. And if so many people were able to just do a day in our lives, I think that would definitely shape the way they interact, the way they think about the military and the way of maybe people start thinking about military dependence. Yeah. And I think it's a very overlooked group. Yeah. And rightfully so. I mean, if you don't know about it, why would you, why would you care? Right. And that's why so many like military kids and military families go into that military lifestyle because that's all that they know where civilians are like, more afraid to take that leap to go into it because it is a very daunting lifestyle and if you don't understand it then you know what what do you have what more do you have yeah exactly so that's for so many military kids they're either like military is my future like I feel like there's total opposites it's either like military is my future it's 100% what I'm gonna do or I want nothing to do with the military like I have done my time yeah as a kid and it's totally parallel. It's, I find it so funny. A lot of times you'll see it just with siblings. Yeah. Like the differences because same experiences, but how those played out in our lives and different personalities. It's, it's cool. And I think very funny to observe sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really fun to, to see different family members and how they adapt to the lifestyle, how they interact with it, what they appreciate from it, which versus what somebody else doesn't appreciate from it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. What kind of, you know, things have you experienced when it comes to deployments and uh, you know, some of those challenges that you faced? My dad has been deployed in my lifetime. I don't remember the exact number, it's like four or five, but I did the math one time a few years ago, so it's changed. <laughs> I think overall, my dad has ended up making like six years of my life, and I'm 18. And obviously, that was not by choice. Like, he wanted so much to be with his family. We're very close family unit right but just how his job had him going you know being deployed to like afghanistan or iraq back in the day or 
different tours of the Middle East, or he did a tour of Poland one time, and not to even mention the countless business trips. Even now, like my dad is gone like two months out of two months, two weeks out of the month, yeah. generally. And it can be very hard on my family at times, like our, our unit, when you don't have those bonds that are there, you know, when you don't have that anchor. Obviously, my dad is still there, but, you know, you know how it goes. Deployment times, it's just, you know, it's different. You go sometimes not being able to talk for a few days or a few weeks or when my parents were married before, before I came along. Having to communicate just by letters during deployments. Right. It's very different, I would say, than what most people think of deployments. You know, it's not just like a movie. Right. Or maybe it is a movie, but it's like a horror movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> not like a Hallmark movie. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's so much that doesn't get portrayed in, you know, those you see the the war movies that come out and it's from the service member's perspective and you're like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, well, you know, well, they have the opportunity to call their family. They have the opportunity to video chat with their family, but then you don't see it from the family's perspective of having to pick up the the slack where the other parent is gone or, you know, taking charge of things that you normally wouldn't take charge of. And then not even to mention in reintegration because that's chaos in itself. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> I, I love these conversations with the military because it's so rare. <laughs> You're going to find somebody that knows what like that process is like. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody thinks about how it must be so different for your dad to come back from war and then have to relearn how your family works. Right. Everything's changed. People have grown. My dad was normally gone for about nine month tours. The last deployment was the 11th month, I think, because it was during COVID. There was a lot of, it was when the troops were being pulled out and there's just a lot of different factors that went into place. It was longer than we anticipated. Yeah. Um, nobody talks about the secondhand PTSD or trauma that comes with, you know, having somebody literally come home from a battlefield. Yeah. And I know in my family, deployment and what goes on well, my dad's away isn't necessarily talked about. And I think that's just a coping mechanism. It's so much easier to sweep it under the rug, not have yeah. to relive those hard times, both the very difficult, scary times that he went through, but also the very hard times that my family might have faced while he was not here. Yeah. It's, it's challenging. And I think there's all, so much underlying mental health issues that are not being addressed that come with all of these deployments and the constant lack of a parent or a second parent in the household. Yeah. At least when you have a family where like that's the norm, it changes a lot. Right. For me, like it was hard. My dad, he had a seven year break in service. So a lot of my childhood uh, from, you know, when I was an infant up until eight or nine, he was home and he had a civilian job and he worked, you know, six to six in the jail. And so like we had that lifestyle, but then he rejoined the military after that break. 
and he went on deployment and he got injured right away. So it was like then experiencing that and then that injury and then coming home, you know, you get that secondhand PTSD because, you know, I was there and I remember my mom dropping to her knees when she got the phone call that he was injured, you know, and so there's so many challenges when it comes to that side of it. But then the challenges of sitting at home worrying and, you know, when you don't hear from your parent in, you know, so long, you're like, well, are they okay? Like, are they, are they alive? Are they, are they okay? And what are those challenges like? So you have some of the, I guess, easier challenges of having to take the trash out, you know, at night. Versus the harder, more emotional challenges of, is my parent okay? Is my parent alive? And so it's definitely such a hard struggle of what what's going on in your life. Absolutely. It's, honestly, it's just insane that children, like you as a young adult young child teenager and for me as a young kid you know teenager we have to even think about the fact that that saying goodbye might literally be the last time you'll see that parent yeah it causes so much stress and trauma in a young person's brain that nobody should have to deal with but especially not from such a young age yeah and then you grow up and that's always there whether you realize it or not and it's something I've more recently had to process because it is so easy to just ignore it be like well he did make it back or you know he ended up home you know instead of the fact of like man I was literally like six and all I knew was like yeah my dad's in war yeah, you know, and the little kids on your street are playing war, you know, acting out as their dads, and you're like, "This is actually so messed up." But like, we're not, yeah, processing that because it's just normal to them. Yeah, it's sad to see, and it's sad to to look at to see that you know that it's normal, and even those two week month weekend trips, whatever it may be, when your parents gone. Like, you don't necessarily think about the struggle that that is and the challenges that that comes with. Because even just in two weeks, your family dynamic changes. And it's hard to to have a parent leave for any amount of time and then come back. And it's those little reintegration, you know, times even then, too. Absolutely. And it's challenging, I'm sure, for your family having to work through how do we process this? How do we move on with our lives? You know, yeah. what becomes our new normal? When my dad um, has obviously been in for a very long time and he has lost plenty of men on the battlefield, he has yeah. had his fair share of that should have been me moments. Right. And hearing those few stories, the ones that, you know, are willing to be shared, it, it just breaks your heart. And it, it, you don't know how to move on. 
with that information. And so I think a lot of times it's easier to just not even not even put the amount of thought that needs to be put into it there. It's just totally like skirt around it, just put up a roadblock sign and never visit it again. But it's and there's a lot of guilt sometimes. I mean speaking for myself, there can sometimes be guilt or like, man, my dad went into battle like like combat so many times and he came out totally you know, quote unquote, totally fine. Yeah. It's a lot of more invisible wounds, whereas, you know, your dad had very visible wounds, or my friend's dad's, you know, might not have come back. And I don't even know how you would explain survivor's guilt from a military child's perspective to somebody. That makes sense. Yeah. It's hard to to say that to somebody who doesn't understand it because they don't even understand what survivor's guilt is from a service member's perspective. But then hearing that as a child, like, it's just, you know, I, I hear things and I'm just speechless because I don't know what, what to say. Cause there's so many emotions running through my brain of, you know, I understand that, but I also don't understand it at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. It's even difficult. I think it's just it's just interesting. Nobody gives you, you know, a how to um, to be a military kid. No, Bloom does. So it gives <laughs> yes, you a how to be a military kid. Yes. But when <laughs> go check that out, how a military kid feel good. But <laughs> When you're, you know, just a little kid, all your friends are military kids. Nobody talks about, you know, what it means to be that. It's just who you are. You know, people always make fun of, like, oh, you're just a military brat. Like, it's your whole personality, blah, blah, blah. Like, when you're little and then you leave a situation where everybody's military brat and you're like, oh, man, it's just me now. Like, what is this? What does this mean? How does this look like? It's so different. It's so interesting. Yeah, I know. And it's so different moving into adult life where as military kids, we've taken up so much responsibility, you know, and then you're you're living your adult life. And it's hard. Like for me right now, it's the thing of I don't need to be as responsible, you know, to a good, good extent. And it's like, how do I live my life? as an adult and have fun and enjoy these moments while I'm still young. But how do I, in a sense, forget about what I've lived through? Yeah. And it's so hard because you feel guilty for having to, you know, forget. Yeah. You know, I was speaking about I was going to say, there's so much to unpack with it and so much to to go through with that. Yeah, totally. It's kind of funny. I was talking with somebody and I was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, just another move next year potentially or just this next year, whatever, whatever. And they're like, Alyssa, like you're an adult now. Like that's not your life. Like I know you've been trained to move all the time growing up, but like now now it's up to you. Like you get to decide when you move, you get to decide where you go and what you do. 
not the military. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, yeah. Speak a little quieter now. <laughs> That's too much to unpack right now. <laughs> yeah. And not just the, you know, your family hasn't hit that point yet and you won't, you're an adult, so you won't be, you know, with your family necessarily when they hit that point. But that point of retirement is a huge thing. My dad retired when I was 12 because of his injuries. And so, you know, that was such a hard transition in itself. But then now I'm 21. And so the transition of, you know, I've been an adult for like three years now, but still that transition of saying, no, I'm, I'm an adult now. Like I have to make my own decisions and I have to do my own things. Like it's just, there's so much pressure that shouldn't be placed on military kids because of that. But we grew up in this lifestyle where there was, you know, it was always laid out for you. Here's what you do. Here's what you, what you know. And, you know, even from that young age of 12, like that, that sticks with you. Absolutely. Yeah. So the last thing I always like to ask is what piece of advice would you give to another military child? That's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say community is the most important thing. And if you can't find a community, build that community. Because that's how you're going to get through those difficult times and those challenging moments. And that's who you're going to spend your happy moments with is your community. Yeah, absolutely. Because even, you know, now that you're branching out and going to college and, you know, that's so important going into your adult life to have that community and even having a virtual community because those lifelong friends that you make in whatever states you've been at and in Germany and, you know, that's what's going to carry you throughout this lifestyle and you never know who you're going to reconnect with and it's so important to to just have that community and that circle of people at all times absolutely 100 <laughs> well thank you so much Alyssa, for being on the podcast and you know sharing what it's like being a military kid for you thank you so much again for having me it's a pleasure Thank you for listening to Grease of a Military Child and Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like, follow, and comment. Also, be sure to check out Instagram and Facebook at Grace of a Military Child and Life for more awesome content. For information on the podcast, Military Child Bigs and Littles, GoAMCL blog, or other resources, visit www.goamcl.org. You can also email me at Gracie. That's G-R-A-C-I-E at G-O-A-M-C-L dot org with any questions or comments. To be a guest on the podcast, you can schedule it at www.goamcl dot org forward slash schedule a podcast, all one word, or contact me via social media or email. Stay tuned for the next episode where another incredible story is shared.